your work situation. Do you think we picked a good time to do like three really long intensive episodes in a row? Like the Gokaiger exits this and then next time we're doing three games? No. No, I don't think so. Like I my work. Jesus Christ, Terry. Like I'm arguably like one of the most important people on the West Coast of my company for like the past three weeks. It's this has been intense. Like there were, you know, I'm in a national company, and a a big one, an important one, lots of money. Like we recently made a deal for two billion dollars, like that made the headlines. I there was a point this week where I was talking with like one of the vice presidents of training, and she mentioned that you know not many people from my former company uh, were getting trained on the new software architecture. And so uh, all the corporate people, like, had eyes on us, and I kind of asked her exactly how many, and she said, less than five. And I looked around at the dinner, and I kind of leaned in and asked, are literally every one of us sitting at this table who is getting trained on this new machine? And she said, yes. Who? And and I was the first. I was the guinea pig for our integration, Harry. (laughs) Well, simultaneously managing 500, like, very important school accounts that if I that if I fucked up a lot of children would starve and die. <laughs> if if you have a bad day, then like children on half of the country will no longer eat. <laughs> you are in a <laughs> you're approaching the point where you could be a very effective, like mid tier Batman villain. <laughs> uh distribution man, logistics man. Yes. The spreadsheet. Come on, baby. Welcome to Brokazatsu, Two Brothers Exploration of Tokazatsu Shows and Related Media. My name's Sam. And I'm Harry. And I have to apologize for a bit of a scheduling mix-up. Uh, we So the intention was that we were going to cover an episode of Zero One today, like usual. But there were some com- communication mishaps because Sam's work is extremely busy and it's been weird scheduling. And so uh, he didn't realize that. So all we have is uh, the final Gridman recap, which Harry- is... Harry, Which, don't apologize for that. Like, that might be the best thing that happened this week, because it gives our listeners a chance to avoid this. All right, like, so uh, the, the other apologies to my past self, because I was kind of somewhere in myself, I was hoping that this would turn around the last four episodes and maybe Sam would like it, but uh, let me, Sam, here's an audio cue. I had this prepared for how well I think this, this suggestion is going to go. <laughs> did, did you hear that? Well, was that a gun cocking? No, that that's me taking the cap off of an IPA. Ah, ah, okay. That's so, uh, less threatening, more sad. I mean, I... Look. The thing is, I still like this show. And Sam, have, <laughs> and Sam has found new and interesting ways to hate it. Harry. Harry. Okay, I, I partially blame myself for this one. But I explicitly, explicitly 
asked you if this was all a dream. And it isn't. Like, Harry? You, you're Harry, getting mad at something it's not at this point. Harry? Ugh, hold on. The final episode of this series is called Awakenings. The final shot of this series is the antagonist waking up from her bed because it was all a dream. No, it like, was. nothing mattered. Nothing nope. makes sense. Sam, okay. The... Let's ignore the parts of the show that w- would make sense from, like, stuff happening that she's not there. There have been lots of supplementary materials about things that happen. Like, there's... So, I didn't even include this, but there's, like, little audio dramas and stories that have been translated by fans that are just the characters talking and stuff in uh, in the show, like, between episodes. And they have some of those that happen after the series, where characters in the, like, you... Like uh, Rika and Utsumi, they they meet someone after Akane has left. Like stuff is still going on there. They're doing more material. They're probably doing a sequel season. Like it's not just a dream. It's just Gridman was a traditional Toku series that had like live action actors, and they're just showing the difference in that she's back in the real world. Like it's it's yes, like she's back in the real world and not in the dream worlds. No, it like the thing with Gridman is that it happens in a computer or like a cybernetic simulation. All of that was like in a different world that she left and went back to the more the more traditionally real one. Uh, Harry, like at at best, like okay, at best, look, Sam, the series we... has some kind of continuity and and matters and impact on the world, like in some realm and some continuing entity. But even then, like Harry, the main character, his sole defining trait. Is that he is an empty shell cipher. Well, like, no, the, the main character was Gridman. <laughs> no, the main character was a corpse that Gridman animated. No, I mean, like, the character we were interacting with was Gridman. We just found out that that was him later. Like, that we, like, the development and stuff of the character, the way they were interacting with the world, like, it was influenced a little by Yuta, but it was also Gridman, like... It's the twist that recontextualizes early stuff. It doesn't negate it. That recontextual. He had no memories. He had no personality. He was. You know, Sam, he was a body. Our, he was a, His whole purpose was to be a body that could stand near a computer so that other people could do things. Oh, do you even want to do the recaps? Too bad because we're doing them. Because I spent All a right. lot of fucking time writing them. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm sorry, fans. Uh, getting off on a good feeling right here. Uh, I'm gonna drink, Sab. You you start reading the first paragraph of the recap for SSSS Gridman, Episode 9, Dream. A dream within a dream. A young boy named Yuta Hibiki awakens in the home of one of his classmates, Akane Shinjo, and he quickly realizes he has amnesia. When Akane takes him to visit the hospital, he notices some strange robots appearing on nearby surfaces, but is more interested to hear that this girl, Akane, is his girlfriend. On her first day of high school, Rika encounters Akane in the infirmary. They bond over not being too interested in any of the clubs, and the fact that they have the same hometown. Akane invites Rika to her home, where she meets the strange cosplaying housekeeper, Alexis. Akane meets Utsumi, while he is still dressed up from a memorial service and sees he is reading a magazine about superheroes and kaiju. She opens up with her enthusiasm about them, and Utsumi immediately begins quizzing her about her knowledge, 
which kind of facilitates between coming off... Oh, fuck. Sorry. One sec. My screen is on a hair trigger, like, sleep trigger. It's, like, on a one-minute thing, so I just need to keep jiggling the mouse. Have All you right. ever heard of vacillates? What did I say? Facilitates. I'm sticking with it. Which I'm kind the of one who's drinking. Between coming off as By the way, no editing of this episode. <laughs> and blatant gatekeeping. Yeah. Finally, we see Akane sitting in the pouring rain, watching a kaiju phase through a gloomy city. Alexos is impressed by her latest kaiju design. The Neon Genesis Junior High Schoolers guard the comatose Gridman Alliance members, realizing that Akane has trapped them in dreams. Anti demands that Gridman show up and fight him, even attempting to kill the kaiju to free him. The dreams continue for a bit, but begin to degrade. Yuta realizes that there is something that he has to do, someone he has to save. Utsumi laments, uh, laments that he has never found a friend like this in real life, and wishes he and Akane had met like this. Rika refuses to be Akane's friend just because she was constructed to be one. Together they reject the dream, uh, causing the kaiju to fully manifest in the rainy city. The Neon Genesis Junior High students all materialize at half size, combining to form powered Xenon, an especially Transformers-looking mech. They beat the kaiju, and Anti demands that Gridman show up and fight him. Caliber explains that Gridman can't fight Anti like he wants to anymore, as he has become a real living thing with a heart, and it's not just a kaiju to be destroyed. Completely in despair, Akane throws herself off a building, but almost involuntarily lands on her feet unharmed. She staggers off into the fog. Back at the cafe, everyone is cheerful about saving the day, but Rika has something she wants to tell everyone. So, it's start. I had a feeling through watching all these episodes. It started with this one, and continued through to the end. It was a combination of me liking it, and sitting there and realizing, oh, Sam's just gonna hate this. Yep. Like, yep. I, I mean, the emotional payoff in these episodes, it based, it's based a lot on liking the characters. And being invested in the story. <laughs> and if you're not, then... Then you're really not. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Harry, like, it's... It's almost like a weird pacing thing. Like, so, I have a lot of issues with the series. I'm going to take a few steps back. And try and just deconstruct some of them. So this uh, this kind of episode... This this is a very common tropey episode. The thing is... This is the kind of episode... That typically shows up, you know, towards the tail end of a series, or at least the tail end of a season. And I guess that kind of applies here, but this is yeah. episode 9 of a 12-episode series. Like, we have not spent enough time with these characters for this to have any kind of impact. Like, the recontextualization, like, it just felt... It took me a little while to realize what was happening, and, and it just played so... It played so straight. Like, you know, the standard first episode, that was just like seven episodes ago. Yeah. There wasn't enough here for payoff. And it also further showcased the problem, like, Harry, Harry, the main character of the show, is most effective when he's asleep. It allows the other actual fighters to do their job. That... Well, I mean... What? What are you talking about? Like the Neon Genesis, like, high schoolers. Why do they need Gridman? Well, I mean, it's it's revealed later on, but they're kind of all different parts of Gridman that have split off and stuff. And, uh, like, I mean, they're, they're, like, it's in Kamen Rider Double, like, if the guy memories they had were individual little people or something, 
Like, they have personalities and stuff, but they're still parts of his power. The main character is such, such, such a blank slate. He is, he is a corporeal anchor for interesting things to happen around. I get the instinct, I get the drive for creators to do that, to allow people to slot themselves inside, but no, th- it, it doesn't work. For a main character to be compelling, they have to be compelling, they have to be interesting, they have to have personality, they have to have quirks, they have to have thoughts and feelings. They can't just be this blank cardboard slate. And this, and then nine episodes in, to try and have like a recontextualization dream of an entire series to like show the different aspects of personalities, to show like the different diverging paths. It. Well, I mean, okay, like that's a fair criticism of like generic main characters, but I think the real strength is this episode, and I've seen this. So here's a weird thing. Uh, I've seen like lots of takes about this series. Like I watched them when I was checking to see like is this a good series? Like is there stuff to talk about? And there was actually some stuff in the sh- show that did show up that I heard talked about in ways that I thought was like canon and going to be revealed that just didn't show up. So like, I mean, I'll mention them later. There was some stuff I thought going on that wasn't like disproven, but also wasn't made explicit. But anyways, uh, a big thing about this episode is that it reveals a lot about Kane and that the ways she tries to like convince the three other people like to stay in the dream world and stuff. Like the like it's not revealing too much about Yuta. This is, I mean. Here's the real problem, and like it was last episode, the main character of the show really is kind of a Kane. I mean, she's yeah. like, she's by far the most important character, and so like a lot of it is about this like- This is her dream, this is her world! Well, yeah, she, I mean, it was said, like, she's the god of this world, she, she was manipulated into creating it and stuff, and like, uh, like, a lot of the stuff here is a, reflect, is a reflection of her, and so it's her reacting with different people, and like, it's about- being invested in her and wanting to like see like what what her motivations are and feeling uh, kind of starting to feel bad for her as things go bad and stuff. And last episode you said maybe they should just shoot her in the head, and that was that was the way I thought like hmm, I don't think Sam's gonna get invested in this character. But in, in that context, Sam, what do you think about like the way they reveal stuff about Kane? Like she tries to, she's really flirty with all of them and like uh, kind of just. You know, she interacts with each of them. Um. I would say that Akane is by far the most interesting character in this series. I just can't get over, like, and she's she's also believe like, you know, she is a believable young girl in a complicated situation. But Harry, she's a mass murderer. Like, the the series wants so hard for us to empathize with her, but she's a monster, Harry. Well, like yeah. she's she's in a lot of pain. She's struggling. She's confused. But god damn does she drop bodies along the way. Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing is that like towards the start of the series, she saw this as a maybe a big thing of her going on is that she didn't see the people here as fully real as they are. And like she as that's kind of being more and more made clear to her, she's starting to feel worse and worse about the whole thing. But uh, is she? Well, yeah, I mean, she's, like, torn apart by guilt a whole lot of these episodes. Like, uh, she's, she's like, trapped in a guilt monster the last episode. Like, it's literally fueled by her despair and feeling really shitty. It, we'll, we'll get there, but, like, yeah, she feels really bad. <sighs> all right, all right. Next episode. All right. 
Uh, SSSS Gridman 10, Collapse. Wait, hold on. Did we start? Okay. <coughs> you, you okay? Don't let, don't let this be the episode that kills you, Sam. <laughs> Alright. Rika reveals that bit Akane said about creating everyone here. And although Utsumi tries to disprove it with facts and memories of living outside the city, he realizes that it's kind of consistent with everything they've learned. The whole Gridman Alliance decides to head to... The whole Gridman Alliance decides to head to Akane's house and confront her, but find that past the front door, it's just a big impossible cyberspace void. She's avoiding them, and a week passes at school without a sign of her or any kaiju. Itsume starts to worry about what happens to a constructed universe when its god doesn't care about it anymore. Also, midterms are coming up. The Neogenesis junior high students theorize that what's causing the fog, uh, about what's causing the fog and resets, possibly some kaiju from beyond the city, or maybe the big motionless kaiju scattered throughout the city, probably it's one of those. Also, they begin to piece together that they see that they came to this world to save Akane and might actually be scattered pieces of the complete Gridman that were defeated by Alexis and encountered Yuta somehow. Akane is suffering from nightmares. And, like, this is the point specifically where she's having, like, visions of the people she killed. Like, this this is really that kicking off, like, her feeling super shitty. Anyway. And Alexis begins to worry about her kaiju-constructing slump. When pressed... She tosses an old design at him and leaves. As she wanders the city, the team wonders about the world gods come from and why she's so miserable in a world she created for herself. Rika thinks that she's not weak, just sensitive. The new kaiju arrives, a rather non-threatening lumpy thing, which goes down incredibly easily. Anti shows up and puts in a good effort, but is soon defeated as well. Gridman refuses to finish him off, as he will not steal the lives of the living. Regular kaiju are just malicious feelings given flesh. Auntie finds Akane alone in the rain. She agrees. Uh, Auntie is far too close to a human for her. He almost looks like he could understand her. He can go wherever he wants now. Elsewhere, a somewhat worried Alexis watches the defeated kaiju burst open to reveal a much more elaborate one, which runs off jerkily into the city and begins destroying the stationary kaiju. Full-powered Gridman transforms, but is unable to deal with the kaiju's strange movements. The kaiju knocks Gridman down and begins tearing it apart. He's saved at the last second by Anti, who is going to find the reason he was created. To destroy Gridman, he will fight alongside him and uses his copying ability to become Grid Knight. He's not named in this episode, but that's what he's called. <laughs> Anti recognizes this new kaiju as the manifestation of Akane's deepest heart, and as he can understand her, is able to fight and defeat it. It explodes, pushing away the fog and revealing the cyberspace world around the town. Akane walks into the shop. She was wondering how they transformed. Now she knows. Yuta walks up to her, trying to convince her that Alexis is just using her for his own benefit. Akane interrupts him by stabbing him in the gut with her exacto knife. So, I mean, this is one thing in the series. It's very super robot-y. Like, the, there's not strong tech to... Like, do, do you know the real robot, super robot thing, Sam? No, I do not. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this, but whatever. It's the difference between shows like Gundam, where the machines are very mechanical and, like, there's strong rules and stuff for how they work. And then there's series that have super robots, where it's a lot flashier and they're more, like, metaphorical. Uh, so this this series is way more super robot-y. Like, they, there's not super strong rules to how they fight. Uh, but it does, I mean, I really like the way they do it in this episode, because when... 
it's cheesy. I mean, you're probably going to hate it or whatever, but like the thing of the the monster that bursts from the previous one, which is really creepy and good looking. Uh, yeah, the this might be my favorite fight in the series. Yeah, like it 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 doesn't move like any of the other kaiju. Like, I think it's one of the few ones that doesn't look like a guy in a suit because it moves its limbs all weirdly and fluidly. Mm-hmm. It is very Lovecraftian, very disturbing, and and I do appreciate that. Like, there's so many great things about the show, Harry. Like, the the fight in this episode is awesome. The animation is amazing, and I loved that. I just wish it was... What do I wish, Harry? What would make this series better for me? Like, characters completely redoing the characters? Completely um, redoing the plots? Like... Probably, yeah, like, a more... More time to to bake the personification of like the main characters and stuff like that. Like if you t- you do a blank slate, and I feel like you're really bouncing off against that. Yeah. And uh, like I I don't know. Maybe part of us really bouncing off of Ultraman Nexus was that the main character that was kind of a blank slated character, but then it didn't work for the shows so that they had to add stuff on. But he was just shitty and bad at everything. Uh, yeah. It's like I just. I just hate blank slates. I can't do it anymore, Harry. Like, if I'm going to watch a show, it's got to be about interesting people that I want to hang out with. I don't want to be in the show. I want to be with the people in the show. Fair enough. I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a really, the the weird, like, starfish uh, oyster, like, laser yeah, monster. Yeah, he's like, he's a spiky clam. He's got tentacles everywhere. He just, he moves like, you know that, like, Voldo from, uh, uh, from Soul Calibur? Yeah, Voldo. Yeah, it's, it's very Voldo-esque, like, disturbing movements, and, and it's effective. It's very effective. And it's, it's cheesy that Auntie yells, this is a monster born from the despair in your heart, and because I understand you, I can fight it. That's cheesy in hell, as hell, but when he yells it, and then does a flying, like, uh, tornado DDT on the thing, and destroys it, like, I, I, I like this stuff, Sam. Yeah. Also, like, we got Anti this episode. We got the Neon Genesis people the previous. We don't need Gridman, Harry. Like, <laughs> well, well, you say that, and at the end of this episode, Gridman gets stabbed. So let's let's move on. Am I reading first? Uh, no, I'm reading first. Akane apologizes as she breaks the junk computer. She knows this is really a jerk move. Anyway, she's off to have her existential crisis elsewhere. Bye. It takes some time to get Yuta to the hospital, as all phone lines are down. Also the internet, the water system, a lot of the power. The city isn't resetting anymore, and Rike watches the regular populace start to turn to disaster recovery mode. Akane is unable to make any more kaiju, and Alexis buys some time by resummoning the previous monsters en masse. Yuta is stable, but not waking up, and the Neon Genesis Junior High students can't transform with Gridman fully out of commission. Auntie shows up to the hospital room to offer his assistance, but Itsumi is sufficiently disturbed by his friend's injury that he really takes it out on uh, this little gremlin for being an inhuman monster who just days ago was stomping through the city. Rika stops Itsumi from punching Auntie, as a real monster is one who would attack someone in a hospital. That's a real jerk move, you big jerks. Auntie becomes Grit Knight and begins to fight off the oncoming horde. The Neon Genesis, I'm not going to write their whole name out anymore, decide to try and help Yuta and enlists the help of Rika's mom, who has been awkwardly standing in the hospital room through all these discussions and still doesn't know what's going on. 
They race back to the shop and fix the junk computer, hoping that its connection to Gridman, and therefore Yuta, will allow him to wake up. Yuta and Gridman awaken together, as they realize they are one and the same. Yuta doesn't have amnesia. He's actually Gridman, inhabiting his body. The real Yuta has been asleep since the series began, and will awaken once they leave. Yuta tries to stop Gridman from going out to battle, as his friend's body has already Utsumi. been stabbed. What? You said Yuta. It's Utsumi trying to stop Gridman. Oh. Utsumi tries to stop Gridman from going out to battle, as his friend's body has already been stabbed as part of all this. He fails and laments that he never really did anything. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Gridman heads to the shop and transforms along with the Neon Genesis gang. Rika's mom watches, still not really getting it, but wishing them luck. Together, full-powered Gridman and Gridnight finish off the revived kaiju. Elsewhere, Rika finds Akane sitting alone by the docks. Akane wants to be alone, but Rika still thinks of Akane as a friend. Being born for that purpose is enough for her. Alexis interrupts the moment by showing up and turning Akane into a kaiju directly this time. I mean, this is mostly an action episode, uh, but, you know, the episode doesn't really suffer by the main character being asleep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's building up the stakes and like the seeing the the town kind of reeling in the wake of the attack, and she there's like people breaking food out of emergency shelters and people in like those uh, visibility vests just handing out things at lines. Uh, it it's it shows how it things are kind of breaking down as escalating the stakes. There there's a we're never going to cover Garo Vanishing Line because it's a really fun show, but it's just. It's just an action show where there's not, like, super in-depth plot for us to talk about. There's a episode halfway through where there's, like, a big destructive fight in the city. And then the whole episode after is, like, the whole thing turning to disaster recovery. And it's one of the best episodes. And this reminded me a lot of that. Did you read Invincible, Harry? Uh, I read I read it for a while. Sorry, but my mind is, like, lashing out for media that I could compare this to that I actually enjoy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's totally fair. But there's the uh, there's the run when the uh, marks from the different universe attack the prime universe and it kind of like wrecks and ruins the world. And then immediately after that, Conquest shows up. I didn't did you get to did... that point? No, I didn't get that far enough. I don't even know who Conquest is. Oh, Harry, you need to fucking read Invis- Invincible. Can, can I call dibs on us doing that for the next bit? <laughs> okay, so sure, we'll we'll cover Invincible someday in some fashion. All right. They are making a TV series. But anyway, uh, yeah, this this is an action episode. It's building up to the end and it's trying to it's further trying to humanize uh, Akane. And OK, maybe if the show if the show had stuck to the theme, if the show had like landed the theme, like I think they were just the show feels very scattered. It's not coherent. I think you might be. I'm not sure if you're, like, getting more context out of this than I am somehow. Like, if you're aware of more things around the series, like, you know, I'm coming in, uh, as a reminder, Harry, I'm coming in this series absolutely fucking blank. Like, you know, the first episode of this series was the first time I had ever heard the of Gridman. Whereas you had a lot of pre-knowledge coming into this about, like, the world of Gridman. So I'm not sure if... I'm not sure how much that plays into it, like you knowing that this is probably a virtual digital world, that there's going to be some uh, weird rules, some weird interactions, and and so you were able to provide additional context. Or maybe, like, some of the things that you mentioned earlier, that you were reading additional plot lines and stories, 
maybe that fleshes this out enough to actually be interesting and compelling. Uh, but I I think, like, the little character interactions from looking at them, they're not, like, super great or anything. Like, they're kind of fun, but I think they require you to, again, like the characters a little bit to be able to read them. Like, if I showed them to you, you would just be angry and be like, this is dumb. It's just uh, Rika talking to her two friends who keep teasing her and stuff and things like that. Um, and I didn't know, like, a huge amount coming in. I, I think this is just showing a difference in our tastes, where this show is, like, suggesting out a lot of stuff and hinting at them, and asking you to connect some dots. And maybe just, in a storytelling sense, I'm okay with doing stretching that a bit more than you are. No, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's the characters. I think that I hate these characters, because they're just cookie-cutter anime-as-fuck high schoolers, and I hate that. They're not interesting. I, I, the one interesting character is a monster, and the show wants us to love her as much as she wants us to love her. But you can't, you can't do that. She's the villain. She should be destroyed. She deserves to suffer for all of this for uh, everything she's done. Oh, that that's actually really interesting because this is you're getting a big thing into the deserves thing. Like, and you, you are big into like characters getting what they deserve in shows, like. uh... You you really hated the end of you hated the end of Breaking Bad because you feel oh, like yeah. it, it ended too well for Walter White. Who he I'll won, Harry. He was the villain of the series and the show. Yes, yes, okay. That gut shot that's dying kind alone of a good parallel. What? Gut shot dying alone in a desert. With a smile on his face, he accomplished everything he wanted to in the series, Harry. But like he, he ended the show as the smartest man alive. Like it's We always knew he was going to die. In the show. We always do that from the first episode. Like, almost the first scene. Was the first scene him in, like, in the cancer hospital? Did we know that from literally the first scene of no. the first show? No, the first, scene of the, the first scene of the first show was, like, a flash forward to the end of the first episode where, like, he is outside the camper and he's, like, he's taping oh, a confession right, right. to his family. And he pulls uh, a gun on some cops that are coming at him. Yeah. Um. No, but that, yes... Oh, great, great analogy, Harry. Great callback. Like, I hated the ending of Breaking Bad because he got away with it. He got away with it, Harry. He won. Mm. I mean, but I wouldn't really call, like, Akade winning in this. But the show, the show thinks that she deserves to win. The show thinks that she deserves redemption. The show thinks that we should care about her and love her when she has spent the entire series murdering scores of people, wiping minds, playing with them. She is a cruel god. Yeah, well, that's some city. <laughs> well, let, let's finish off the last episode recap. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I... Yeah, okay, you, you start. SSSS Gridman 12. Awakening. A horrified Rika watches the Akane Kaiju rampage through the city. A giant mass of tentacles, claws, and teeth. Alexis mocks her sad state as a doll created by Akane, uh, but Rika says that whether it's sad or not is up to them to decide. She vows to help Akane change, and Gridman shows up riding Sky Vitter uh, like a real cool guy to pick her up. They go to Itsume, who is feeling a little out of his depth, but... Uh, Convince him that no matter how normal he is, if he's you and his friend, then he deserves to be a part of this fight. Grid Knight dodges past the kaiju's attacks, climbs up its face, and punches through in human form to get to Akane. 
She's trapped at the center of the kaiju, being tormented by guilt over what she's done. Auntie pulls her out, and she says that he truly is a failed creation of a kaiju. He agrees, and she's the one who created him. They have a nice moment, cut short by Alexa stabbing Auntie with a big sword and tossing him off the kaiju. Then he eats Akane and gets really big, laughing that after everything she still has such terrible emotions inside her. The transformation gadget on Yuta's wrist appears on all the Neo Genesis gang's wrist and on a mortally wounded Auntie. They transform together, merging into the classic Gridman. Harry, is that the classic Gridman or is that the classic Ultraman? It, it's, I mean, it's made by the same company. It's similar designers, so it's similar it, looking. Harry, that, that was Ultraman. I mean, it's probably probably the same guy who designed the Ultraman suit designed this one. And he they told him, like, make it just different enough so that's not an Ultraman. It, but, it, but it was an Ultraman. It was 100% an Ultraman. I mean, this is totally like an Ultraman series, kind of. Like, it, basically. The final battle with Alexis begins, but it turns out that Alexis is kind of immortal. He feeds off of negative emotions, and Akane sought him out so he could uh, control a perfect world of her design. Together, they created this world. But now that he's gotten what he wanted, it's useless to him, so he's going to leave after destroying it along with Gridman. At the last moment, Gridman remembers his greatest power, the Fixer Beam, which can repair and restore digital worlds. He hits Alexis, allowing the Gridman Alliance to communicate with Akane. Through some heartfelt speeches about how nobody is perfect and she's not alone, they give her the resolve to move back onto her world. This cuts off Alexis's power source, so he screams that this is all bullshit, gets punched, and explodes. The Fixer Beam spreads out, restoring the city and world back to a natural-looking state. No, Sam, I do not know the full implications of what this means. Season 2. <sighs> I'm sure the show doesn't. The show, the creators, no one knows what this means. Akane is sitting with Rika in her room, struggling with facing what she's done. Rika gives her the bus pass holder from a few episodes ago, so that wherever she goes, Rika... Oh, oh I, that's an incomplete sentence, Harry. You did not complete Where... that sentence. <laughs> Uh, wherever she goes, she's a little bit more like her. Rika tells her, uh, Rika tells her god Rika. one last request, uh, that she hopes they can always be together. But wants that to never come true. Akane disappears. Later, the Neon Genesis squad and Gridman bid the Gridman Alliance a tearful farewell. Snow falls as life quietly returns to normal. Auntie wakes up, having been saved by the kaiju girl from episode 6. Then, we see a live-action shot of the pass holder from before. The camera pans up to see a teenage girl awaken in a bed. Yes, Akane waking up from her dream that the entire series was in. Uh, it wasn't all a dream. Like, uh, so, like, the the kaiju girl, like, she is, and they even show, like, her her dad or whatever, which is a kaiju from Gridman, the one that's a friend of Gridman. Harry, what was this show? Like, I guess, no, it's not I guess. The show is never clear on what it is. Is it inside a computer? I thought, I thought this this was leading us to some girl that was in a coma, and so her brain was hooked up to a machine so the doctors could try and save her, and some, like, evil virus, like the, uh, the Alex guy, like, infected her mind and was, like, turning her evil. That, that would have been compelling. That would have made sense. No, but you would have hated that. What? Well, that could have been compelling. That could have made sense. But what, what is this world? Is this another world? Is this a parallel world? Is it the real world? Like, is she a god of the real world? I don't think so. I, like, it, it's, in Gridman, Gridman goes into digital world, so this is probably one of those, like, there's a lot of stuff suggesting that it's, like, 
parts of that is very vague, but, like, she came from a different world. She created this one, like... She came to a different world by dreaming it? Like, Harry, what is... This is the end of the series. We should not have this many questions. In the original Gridman, like, the whole thing was that there was, like, a nerdy kid in the real world who's being influenced by, like, a cybernetic creature. And, like, together they were, like, creating the monsters and stuff. In the real world or in the digital world? Uh, well, the kid was in the real world, but the monsters they were creating were in the digital one. Okay, so this is maybe that same digital world? I don't know. Well, I think there's, like, it's it's the reboot nightmare with... Nightmare where there's like a digital world inside every device or whatever, and like you can travel between them and stuff. Like, um, like there's there's implications. And oh, oh god, my poor my poor smartphones! I've murdered so many people, Harry. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's all it's all horror, all somewhere. Like, I'm sure entire there's a simulation theory, like seen in the the mediocre recent Muse album, where it's like you know I'm sure we all exist inside some space gods Xbox or whatever. It doesn't matter. But we we should know, Harry. Like it, it needed to find a place in the world. It needed to anchor itself. It needed to. The show never decided what it was. Well, I feel like it, where the show was flashy anchors, vignettes. I mean, where the show anchors itself is in the emotional journey of the characters. A character singular. No, the the other people still exist. Like they they have stuff going on after the show. Do they have emotional journeys, Harry? Like. Rika, Yuta, what's their emotional journeys? They start, uh, they stop at the same place that they start. Okay, well, <laughs> Yuta, we basically, Yuta, we basically don't meet, so ignore him. Yeah. Uh, like the only, the only interesting other character uh, emotional interaction is uh, Utsume when he like realizes that they're in a fake world, and he starts to be very concerned about a con. About Akane waking up and the world disappearing. Like, it it's the Link's Awakening conundrum. Like, wait, if I'm a character inside a fake world, and, like, the god of this world's the creator, the mind that it, that gave me shape, awakens, what happens to me? Do I evaporate into dust? That was the that was the only interesting emotional beat outside of Akane. Uh, I mean, I liked some of the interactions between different people. Uh, I... I kind of liked Rika and Akane. Uh, so here's the thing that, like, I, I heard talked about, and maybe this is just the forums on. So they, people were talking about this like it was a 100% established thing. So I was surprised that I guess it's a fan theory. But everybody I, everybody, like, I read uh, said that, like, in the real world, uh, Akane and Rika were basically what Like, Akane in the real world is basically Rika. Like, uh, Rika... Like, Akane created, like, an OC that everybody loved, but in the real world, like, she's actually kind of a more, like, a more plain-looking girl, even though Rika is, like, kind of still fashionable, so I, I don't know, but whatever. I know, it's the she's all that. Yeah, uh, and, uh, like, that that was even, I think, playing into some things in the Dream episode, where, like, uh, Rika was talking about her past, and Akane was being very vague, but then they said they came from the same hometown, so stuff like that. And other the the main fan theory is that uh, all there's just lots of shipping between Rika and Akane, but that's just that's just people shipping. Yeah, it would be nice if we got some kind of like some anchor, some confirmation of what the show was about. Like just, just I mean, give us something, show. For me, give us something. It, for me, it's enough to know that like the people exist after the show ends. Like they don't all stop existing or whatever. 
And like the the emotional between that and like grounding in the emotional stuff, that I guess that's enough for me. Uh, like I'm I'm interested in seeing more, and if there's a sequel series, I'll watch it alone and tell you. Okay. If it's still a dream, if they don't confirm or do, I I don't know, Harry. I don't know what to tell you. Like this one left such a sour taste in my mouth. No, I mean this is kind of interesting. It's it's fine that you have a different opinion than me. Well, like, it's kind of fine, but then we have to agree on a rating, and no, this is no. going to get ugly. No, we don't. Look, yep, we do. That's our first disagreement, Harry. I say we must agree on a rating. Uh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, I'll bring this one above Black Lightning, right? No, God, no. Okay, Harry. All right, we had this discussion last week. What is our current ratings? All right, uh, from bottom to top. Ultraman Nexus, Big Old Gap, Gar the One Who Shines in the Dark, uh, Black Lightning, Season Pirates 1. Of, yeah, Season Specifically 1. Black Lightning Season 1. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in doing Season 2, but Sam doesn't want to, so we're, we're still thinking about it. Uh, uh, Pirates Santego Kajer, and Kamen Rider Devil. Yes. So, for me, this is going between Go Kajer and Black Lightning. I'm guessing for you that's different. Yeah. Although not as different, well, okay, yeah, I kind of want to put this underneath uh, Ultraman Nexus. Un- Wait, under oh, Nexus? No, 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 not, not under, sorry. Above Ultraman Nexus, but below Garo, the one who shines in the dark. You liked Garo more than this. Yes, I did. Because there were episodes of Garo that were good. Let me ask you a question, Sam, and think about this. Think about this clearly. Did you actually like Garo? Or at a certain point, did we just ironically like Garo because the characters were so dumb? Because, like, that show grounded itself very well, but what it grounded itself in was the writing not making sense, and we kind of, like, created a rally around that that was consistent, and it was fun to watch that way. But, like... Garo had a I chance. Mean, like, Garo... Might have had the biggest fall off. Like, that series had a certain point where it was like, oh, this is bad. And then it just kept digging. But until hmm. that point, there were actually genuinely good episodes of Garo, uh, the one who shines okay. in the dark. Yeah. And, you know, even enjoyment is enjoyment. So even if it was like us dissecting it in a way that led us to react a certain way, like, even if you liked it more, you liked it more. Okay. So for you... It's beneath Garo and above Nexus. But for me, uh, it's it's above Garo. It's above Nexus, certainly. And but it's for me, it's above Black Lightning. All right, Harry. I'm going to throw out a proposal here. I don't like it. But what if we have as a rating from bottom to top? No, we, why, why can't we just have separate ratings? No, but like, Harry, Harry, this is the Brokazatsu rating. We must have... A consolidated rating. That was the deal. No, it wasn't. We never established that. It, you just you decided this at the end of last episode, literally. No, 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 no. Eric, why do we only have one rating track then? Because we we've agreed, agreed so on far. Everything? What? Yes. We, we've agreed on the ratings so far. Hmm. I... Like, but like, both of us hated Nexus. Both of us liked Double. Both of us, you know, thought Garo was weird. Like, we, we didn't disagree until... Until now. I know, Harry. I think this needs to... 
This needs to be like a game of the year. This needs to be something where, as a podcast, we need a definitive rating. All right, but all right. So we've established our personal ratings, but how do we establish a show rating? Well, from bottom to top, Ultraman Nexus, Garo the One Who Shines in the Dark, SSSS Gridman, Black Lightning Season 1, Pirate Sentai Go Kaiger, Kamen Rider Double. Are you okay with that? No, but here's a counter offer. <laughs> I edit this show. So instead, I'm just going to edit you saying that to make it sound like you placed this above Black Lightning. No! Oh, but Harry, you promised this one wouldn't be edited. Oh, damn it, I did. Shit. I don't want to... Uh, you know what? Fine. It's... <laughs> Look, uh, I don't know. Then, then we'd have to keep, like, three-year ranking systems, because... No, 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 Harry. We come up with the consolidated show ratings. All we have to do is track one. Okay, fine. As a show, as a show, I'll let this be beneath Black Lightning. All right. So what are we covering next week, Harry? Well, next week we're catching up on uh, Kamen Rider Zero One. Because, like, but for scheduling stuff, there wasn't one this time. And also, we're, we're recording with less of a buffer. So we're either doing two Kamen Rider Zero One episodes next time, or maybe we'll just do three. Fuck it, Harry. Let's do three. Like... We're recording this on a Friday evening. I believe they drop on Sunday, so let's just, like, wait two days, burn three down to the ground, and, like, yeah, and go from there. Yeah, and we'll start Gaim Up on the episode after that. Oh, we're not going to do, like, three episodes of a, of a Zero One and then, like, a single episode of Gaim? No, uh, Sam, I've only seen... So, episode five is a little bit of a, a snoozer, but episode six, we're going to have enough to fucking talk about. Alright, I look forward to that. And from what I've seen of episode 7, Sam the plot may be starting. Nice. Yeah, and we'll get all that next time. <laughs>